what really gets my dick hard is What? Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast, episode 14. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And I'd like to first apologize for my hoarse voice. I'm a little under the weather. I just got back from uh, a few uh, few shows on the road and been in a lot of airports last week. So if you like a uh, hoarse voice, then you're going to enjoy this episode. I hope all our listeners accept, ex- are gracious to your weird voice. I hope they accept your apology. I hope they do too, but... I probably shouldn't apologize for things like that, but whatever. Go ahead, just start singing the first verse out while torn right now. <laughs> you can't do it. And I'll leave my whole left Tonight we're doing uh, episode 14 is the what if episode. Clint put it out on the Metallica forums that uh, we were doing this episode. Uh, it's a hypothetical kind of thing. Uh, what if, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if this didn't happen? Things like that. Just kind of a fun episode to uh, go over, um, you know, hypothetical situations, uh, scenarios, uh, what could have been, what you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and we didn't really know what to expect in terms of response, but we got well over 200 responses. So we put them all together, and we're because this is some of this is from email, some of it's from Reddit as well. So we have done our best to organize it, and we're going to try to get to every one of them. If we, for whatever reason, don't get to yours. We're very sorry, but hopefully you can understand we got a lot more response than we thought. Yeah, we, we got would. a ton, and you know we can definitely do a part two for sure. Yeah, I think true. this is something that could be a reoccurring thing because it is fun to talk about these things. Yeah, uh, but before we get into the episode, we do want to talk about a couple things. Um, one being, uh, we started a Patreon site. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's just a way to support podcasts, uh, projects, things like that. Um, if you go to Patreon.com/slash Metal Up Your Podcast, you'll find our page. It's live. Uh, it's just a way for you to support uh, financially because there are costs involved with this whole thing, equipment, hosting, domains, stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, any little bit helps. Uh, a lot helps. Uh, more than a lot helps even more. Um, but uh, <laughs> no pressure. We just want to throw it out there. And if you like what you hear, if you've been enjoying the podcast, feel free to, for, to donate and pledge. And, uh, and there's cool little incentives, too. Like, depending on how much you pledge, you can... Uh, get a shout out on the podcast. You can decide a topic for us. You can yeah. even be a guest on the podcast. Yep. There's a bunch of cool stuff there for you to check out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Patreon is one of those things that uh, it's very common uh, amongst podcasters to use for th- for this very reason. So we thought, why not do this? Uh, just throw it out there and see what happens. What if we're wearing like gold plated like battle jackets? <laughs> oh, we will be. We definitely will. Be. Daddy needs a new leather jacket. I want a I want a leather jacket with like a tiger on the back or a scorpion. Wow. No. Not not a Metallica logo, just a scorpion or a tiger. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking more like in Rocky Two when he gets some money and he goes to, <laughs> he buys the car and buys Adrian something nice. Then he gets himself. It looks like kind of like a bomber jacket, but it's got like a tiger on the back. It's right. it's so bitching. Yeah, Ethan really just wants you to go support Patreon so he can just continue building his Rocky memorabilia. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we have the guitar picks that we mentioned on our last episode. Yes, we did, yeah. We are going to be announcing the winners of that soon. If you follow us on Instagram uh, or on the forum, you've seen the pictures of all the picks we're going to be giving away. Really cool Metal Up Your Podcast picks. Yep. And then, of course, the real the real cherry on top, mm-hmm. pictures uh, picks with uh, pictures of Ethan and mine's face on it. I wish uh, everyone could just have seen Clint uh, do the, do the, do the, yeah. the kissy thing. <laughs> There's a good Louis C.K. bit about that. Um, if you get like him, watch that. But uh, yeah, I did the whole Mwah! kind of yeah. thing. Uh, you heard it. You could, I hope you put it together in your head. You imagined yeah, it. Yeah, I figured you could, you could do that. You're all smart. 
Uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll announce the winners of that soon. You'll be getting some uh, Metal Up Your Podcast and Clinton Ethan picks in the mail. Ooh. Ooh, free things. Anyone else do that? Any other podcast do that? I don't think so. Yeah, any other podcast do Metal Up Your Podcast picks? Didn't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. We do. Uh, uh, speaking of, uh, if I could go back to the Patreon thing, another thing that will that will enable is for us to start doing merch and stuff like that. We'd love to do t-shirts, t-shirts, stickers, buttons, patches, things like that. Back patches. That's what that'll for a battle jacket. For a battle jacket, throw it on your jean jacket, whatever. Yeah. Bandanas. We could do all sorts of things. Harley Davidson motorcycles, totally. uh, jungle gyms, tote bags, <laughs> totes <laughs> to take the Trader Joe's. Um, what's the last thing we wanted to mention? Uh, we were going to mention, uh, coming up, we're going to, we're still trying to figure out how to do this, uh, in a professional manner, but we want to have fans as guests from time to time, uh, kind of in the phone call format, um, somewhat like a radio show, but, um, yeah, we want to do that eventually. Um, we've been getting a lot of requests for that. A lot of people listening asked about being a guest on the show. We definitely want you guys to be guests on the show, particularly if you have a good perspective or, you know, like if someone who had been to a couple, all of, if not one of those 30th anniversary shows, for example. Oh, man, that'd be great. You know, something like that. People who've done these meet and greet experiences with the band or people yeah. who've done the hardwired experience on the current tour, all that stuff. So we're, we're trying to figure out the logistics of it. Once we crack the code on that. Yeah. It will open up the floodgates, and we'll probably do that maybe even once a month. We'll do an episode just taking phone calls. Yeah, it'd be really cool. So uh, look forward to that. We're going to get that all rolling, and um, I think it'll be a good time. But in other news, let's get into the episode. Yeah. This is uh, the what-if episode, as we mentioned before. Um, Let's just roll right into it. Uh, As I mentioned before, Clint threw it out there, and we got an overwhelming response on what-if questions. So we'll jump right into it. I'm going to uh, st- go ahead and start with, uh, here's a, here's the screen name battle here. Mm-hmm. Um, O-G-R-G-M, sorry, J-M-J. Try to say it though. Or, or Jimj. Or, or Jimj. Or Ogre Jimj. Ogre Jim J- What if J? that's that dude's first name? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ogre Jim J. Uh, O-G-R-J-M-J. Okay. What if Metallica never left LA for San Francisco? Mm, that's good a good question. question. Um, well, I think they wouldn't have Cliff Burton. Well, that's for damn sure. Yeah, um, I think they still would have been an awesome band. Ron McGovney could have lasted longer. Mm-hmm. I know that they, they wanted to get rid of him because he just they felt like he was just tagging along, wasn't really contributing anything. Right. So maybe they would have got another bass player in L.A. I don't know. But I wonder if the L.A. was so saturated with schlocky, what they kind of describe as sort of the schlocky, shitty metal that gay L.A. metal. Would they have? Um, would they have been able to stand out more? Would they have gotten know. buried under that avalanche of shit? Because it does seem like them moving to San Francisco, in addition to finally connecting with Cliff, which seemed like lightning striking, uh, right. it does seem like they were able to poke out more in San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that was very oversaturated in Southern California. They, they probably, there's a good chance they wouldn't have had any traction down there. I mean, maybe there would have been an underground scene and, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, but I'll, kind of in relation to that one, uh, he also asked, what if Ron McGovern never left the band? Could Ron McGovern have really developed into one of the great metal bassists of all time? I don't know. I mean, he's a solid bass player if you listen you know, to stuff he's played on. Yeah, but, I agree. But, you know, like James and Lars have said, like he wasn't contributing anything to the band. He was just kind of following their lead. Yeah. He, he wasn't proactive in the band. He, that's why they got rid of him and wanted to hire Cliff. Yeah. So... I don't, you know, my personal gut feeling would be they still would have been a band, you know, but I think eventually they would have replaced, I, replaced I, them. I agree. Yeah. yeah. 
that one's a bit easier to answer than the LA San Francisco one. I don't know if they eventually would have moved to San Francisco, but they probably would or have picked, a, or picked another city or moved yeah somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, like like Des Moines. Des Moines, yeah, yeah. It was either San Francisco or Des Moines. Yeah, they they were torn. They were too tough. <laughs> Uh, uh, John Paul asks, uh, what if James and Lars never met up after seeing each other's ad in the newspaper? Do, would they have formed different bands? Maybe they were both looking to form bands. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, sure. Yeah. I I don't think they would have, they may have met in the future if they both had bands in LA. Yeah. But I mean, I would, I would, I would venture to say that they both would have started their own bands and. In 2017, we wouldn't be talking about either of them. My guess is that with Lars's drive and passion, that he would have done okay. He would have found some sort of success, and that sure. with James's sort of um, raw talent, he also would have landed somewhere. Yeah, I think do, they both would have been okay. But do you think they? Do you think they'd be a band? They'd be in bands we'd be talking about now, or would they be kind of like? Probably, I, I do think so. Yeah, I, I okay. think I think Lars was going to take his talent for turning something into success into whatever band he got into. And I think James is going to bring the, the creative power to whatever band he got into. I, yeah. I, I think those dudes are special enough to, to guess that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Who knows? What would their bands be called? Um, Megadeth and <laughs> Anthrax. I don't know. Um, okay. So Sean, I eight fifteen asked, what if Dave Mustaine had answered Lars's ad and not James? Interesting. I mean, because Dave was in that band, what, Panic. What was the band Dave was in before he joined Metallica? I think it was called Panic. I think so. We're gonna oh, get an email about this. For this. It's Metallica um, 101, bro. Come on. Oh, come on, man. Uh, I don't know. That's it's kind of ties into the above one too. I mean, I think they all would have landed somewhere. Yeah, I think they would have. I mean, I think that Mustaine's ego still would have been too big for even just Lars. And it does seem like Lars and Dave were buds. Remember that scene in some kind of monster? Where he's like, Oh, I just, I just miss my little Danish friend. <laughs> miss my little Danish Remember friend. We were just getting loaded on. We talked about them getting drunk. Just yeah. Talking shit. And I, I haven't had, I haven't seen that little Danish guy in 15 years. Oh, I love it. Like, come on, Dave. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't even know how to say this. X O U T A S Zoidus Zoutus 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 asks, "What if Kirk Hammett never left Exodus? Can you imagine Toxic Waltz with Kirk?" And this is where I must confess that I don't know much about the music of Exodus, other than Kirk Hammett was in that band. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what Toxic Waltz. Yeah, I'm ashamed to admit that. I have listened to Exodus, but I've never really gotten into that. You know what I think? I think if Kirk never left Exodus, he'd probably still be in Exodus, because Exodus is... They're still around, They yeah. were an active band throughout. They just never really took off. And unfortunately for Exodus, I mean, well, I guess maybe fortunately, I mean, I would say most people really know... They're a good band. Most people know them because a guy from Metallica was in Exodus. That has to have helped them over That's the true. years. That's true. That's true. And, you know, like, I... Me and Ethan were just looking at this. I bought uh, Back to the Front. I bought the Master of Puppets uh, book uh, because someone in the forum hit me to the fact that right now, as as of the recording of this podcast, it's on sale for thirty bucks. So, but anyway, in that book, there's just tons of pictures of them with the Exodus suits. I mean, they seem like they were really tight. Yeah, I think so. But that is a good question. My my guess, my answer to that would be that Kirk would probably still be in Exodus because I. I think Kirk is really special in Metallica, but I'm not sure there's anything uniquely special enough where he would have been pulled elsewhere. I think he got really lucky that they invited him to be in the yeah, band. And definitely. I think once he got there, he kicked ass and made made them part of the way they are. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, moving on. Uh, 
ex Freddie Fazbear X straight edge. <laughs> Freddie Fazbear is straight edge. Okay. Um, what if James was the drunk one? Well, hang on. Uh, he was. <laughs> they all were. <laughs> let me let me uh, let me add in a word for you. What if James was the extra drunk one, and Dave kick him out, thus making Dave uh, on lead vocals, uh, who went on to find Kirk Hammett. Wow. Um, so what if on that cross country trip that they made out to Johnny Z's, they and Lars and Dave got together and said, "Hey, we got to we got to kick this James Hetfield guy out." Yeah. Wow. I mean, at that point in their in the, you know it's the beginning of their career, but at that point you're you're looking at yeah changing lead singers. Yeah, they well, weren't Dave, established. But, but yet, Dave so. would have done it though, right? Dave would have done it. Yeah. Um, obviously, he did it with Megadeth, so he would have become the lead singer. Um, but again, that goes back to the, one of the previous ones. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, Dave, you know, God bless him. He was reckless. And I mean, you watch anything on Megadeth and that guy should have died a few times. Yeah, totally. You know, more so than the guys in Metallica, you know? So I think, could it have been cool? Absolutely. Um, Mustaine's voice is, is definitely, uh, not for everybody. I would, I would be included maybe in that. I, I love Megadeth personally, I but, um, uh, there's I'm some people that him. don't care for for his voice. So, I'm not um, slagging him. I will say I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm going to go ahead and say that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, John Matrix. There's a there's an easy screen name. Thanks, yep. John. Thanks, John Matrix. Uh, what if they never saw Cliff Burton in the first place? What are the ramifications for both parties? Well, I definitely think Cliff would have landed somewhere. He absolutely would have. He was such a fantastic musician. I think Trauma probably would have gone on to do some cool right, stuff because of Cliff. Yeah. Um, and again, back to Rama Govney, they still would have had him for a bit, but I would imagine the Metallica would have moved on to another bass player yep. at that point. Um, I agree. But that's one of those stars aligning moments that Hetfield and, and Lars were watching him play like randomly, like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? And asked him to be in the band. Yeah. It's so crazy thinking about all the near misses, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and if you haven't been able to tell, by the way, I've kind of ordered these sort of chronologically through the band's career. That's why... Yeah. We're kind of top-heavy on these questions up here, and you'll see us kind of progress through the career as we go. So, uh, Ocean Machine and Ibrahim5 ask, what if John Bush had accepted the invitation to join Metallica? I mean, he's a badass. He's, he did it. I think we answered this in our Kill 'Em All, or one of our earlier episodes. I think it was Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Because th- th- he, uh, he got asked to join after, after Kill, Kill 'Em All, all. That's which right. is crazy. I think that... Um, I think they might have made a few records, but I don't think it would have lasted. And John Bush is an amazing frontman; has a great sure. voice. Sure. I mean, obviously the stuff with Anthrax, Armored Saint, whatever. But um, yeah, it would have been cool. I mean, he 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 made an appearance at the 30th anniversary shows, and, and he, he kicked ass, kicked ass for sure. But but James Hetfield is a talented vocalist. He just needed to develop it. I think he would have eventually developed it, maybe slower. Yeah, because he wasn't forced to perform in front of people every night. Right. He just, it, yeah, I don't think Hetfield knew how good he was back then. Can you imagine Hetfield just sitting out the Black Album. Gosh. You know, it's like no way, man. Yeah, he was gonna. He was gonna. I'll just sing. play rhythm over here. Um, All right, uh, guitar man one two two five zero eight. It's a lot of numbers. One twenty two. We just one twenty two five zero. Okay, one. Tw- I like reading them out. It's funnier, I think. <laughs> All right, guitar man one twenty two five zero eight. Or we could say guitar man one hundred twenty two thousand five hundred eight. <laughs> That's probably what he meant. That's probably what he meant. Um, what if they fired Lars after the Ride Lightning tour? Hmm, it's hard to imagine why they would have. I know they. I know there is speculation that there was talk between Cliff and James of firing Lars. Uh, no, maybe that is. There, I there was, was, no, I think it was that tour. Yeah, gosh. 
Oh, man. You know what they probably would have done? They probably would have gotten a more technically proficient drummer. For sure. But he wouldn't have been as special. He he wouldn't... I don't think there would have been, you know, the the drum parts that we have. Well, there obviously wouldn't have been. But we've talked about this the before. Like, there's, right. there's something about... Lars not being the most his technical drummer, yeah, that makes it special and it makes it, you know, so that nowadays we're sitting here like singing his drum parts, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, you could go, you know what that is. And not to mention, like, you know, he is one of the two masterminds who arranged these songs. Yep. So even if, you know, you could, we could t- probably talk for a long time about his, what's good and bad about his drumming, but what is kind of indisputable is he's a great song arranger. Yeah. He is, and you've said this before, and I've, I've, I will say it forever: is that that dude? He's always giving one hundred and ten percent. One hundred percent. Yep. It, he, you know, he's the he's the hero of Metallica. He's the champion of Metallica. Yeah, he is. Okay, moving on. Uh, Lily, Lily forty seven asks, "What if the band split after Cliff's death? What would have been James's career?" That's an interesting take on that question. Yeah. Um... Um, if the band, so we're, 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 here we are, Cliff has passed away. The band is like, we're done. Yeah. Um, so that would have, you know, left him with three albums out. Yeah. They're no more. I mean, even them staying together, they were super depressed, did way more drugs, drank way more, all that stuff. I feel like, I mean, I don't know what his career would be you know, off the top of my head, but I would imagine that like James especially would have been in depression. And, yeah. I don't know how, how dark that would get, but I yeah, it's like hopefully he would have been able to channel it into more music. Also, you know, James is a pretty talented graphic designer. I think his mom did that, and he designed the Metallica logo yeah. and a lot of the early flyers. And he's gone on to design a lot of like he did the Scary Dude and the Ninja Star, and yeah, maybe he could have had a, an alternative life, alternative universe lifestyle, <laughs> transgender. <laughs> Sorry, what, what would Kirk go do? <laughs> What would Kirk? Oh God! He'd just go live on the beach and surf every day. Just surf forever. Ride unicorns. He'd just ride unicorns, man. Yeah. Uh, UJJ Wallica, who we've had before in our episode, UJJ Wallica one eighty two asks, "What if Cliff was still alive and had lost only an arm due to the accident? Uh, well, he would have been fired. Well, he would be playing bass. <laughs> um, what if Hetfield had also lost an arm at the pyro incident? Uh, he would have just be a singer. He would just be a singer, and I'm sure." Uh, Jim Marshall would be the guitar player. And he still. wrote, "These would have sound horrible." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you made Jay Wallach us... taking this on the walk down the goddamn dark path. You made us laugh. That yeah, was good. <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Rock the Red Twenty Four says, "Replace what if? Uh, what if Cliff didn't die? With what if Kirk won the card game and died instead?" Well, I think Kirk did win the card game. Didn't Kirk win the card game, and that's how he chose? He he chose. Um, no, 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 no. Cliff, no, Cliff won. Cliff chose won. Kirk's bunk. Okay, that's whoever what it was. won got to choose the bunk and chose. Right. Cliff he, chose the one that he chose. Kirk's. So if they never right. would have that's done, right. if they never would have done that, it would have been Kirk's bunk. Wow. Well, it is a morbid what if, but it is very morbid. I would. I don't even know if I want to speculate because it is. Do you think they were, it, how, it me, would have been a tragic loss, l- no matter of what? Of course. Let me ask this, um, because at that point that was '86, so Megadeth was still a pretty new band. Do you think they would have reached back out to Mustaine? I don't think so, man. No, I just think there was so much bad blood in those early days. Yeah, they, I, they I, probably I agree. would have gotten someone new. Yeah, and again, they wouldn't be the band they are today. Okay. Um, 
Wow. I can't believe you landed the screen name, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> nice. What if Lars uh, never recovered from his leg injuries from the bus accident? Well, uh, here we go again. He wouldn't be playing Pro- the drums. Probably wouldn't be playing the drums. Or if you pulled a uh, uh, Def like Leppard. Like, yeah, Def Leppard, one-arm yeah. drummer. No leg drummer? <laughs> I mean, it'd be... Well, he might have one leg. Yeah, let's say, yeah. Leg injuries. Okay, it could be just one. Let's say it's one leg and... Yeah, he could do a Rick Allen thing. Well, because I, I think he broke he like broke his toe, or you know, he had like a toe. Injury. His pinky toe. It's his pinky toe. <laughs> Can't play the double kick drum for at least <laughs> <Exactly>. six months. <laughs> uh, I feel. I know. <laughs> so his next name hand job spelled H A N J A U B, which is kind of this classic Reddit user name. This is from Reddit. This dude hand job hand job, which he means hand job. Um, unless his name is hand job, in which case I apologize. Yeah, sorry, hand job. What if the band heard their future albums before time? Like, what would 1986 James think if he was told, here, listen to Load? Um, that's an interesting question. My guess would be he would not like it. I think, yeah, if it was, you know, 1986 James, I think he'd be like, whoa, whoa, what is this? I think he would react much the way a lot of fans who were stuck in 1986 yeah. react to Load. Of course, yeah. Well, um, but, you know, you and I are musicians and songwriters and whatever, and from personal experience, you know, the older you get, your musical tastes change. You get into things that... You evolve. Yeah, you get into things that 15-year-old Ethan or Clint would be like, what the hell? I'm not going to listen to that. So, uh, you know, totally. I think I think to answer your question, yeah, I don't think he would he would like Loader Reload. I mean, he, he grew from listening to just the, the new wave of British heavy metal and misfits and stuff. Right, exactly. To listening to Tom Waits and you know, Alice in Chains and... He's super into country music and... Country music and all that shit, so... Yeah. He probably would have slagged it, but... If, if his 1996 self could go talk to his 1986 self, he'd probably say, relax, man. Hey, man, trust me. Just trust it's me. It's going to be fine. Trust me. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Artstar70 says, what if Jason's bass wasn't lost in the mix of Injustice for All? Oh, well, there'd be bass on the record. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the implication of that question is, some people think that the lack of bass was part of the hazing process. Would Sure. Fast forward to 20, 2003 or two, whatever, you know, the early aughts when Jason was leaving... Could you really trace the thread back to the lack of bass on Justice? Would, would even is that just like one of the little Jenga pieces that made it all fall? You know, I mean, maybe. I mean, Jason clearly. I mean, I'm sure he was upset about it, but he wasn't upset enough to leave shortly after that. I mean, stuck but it just, did it just forever. fester all those years? Maybe. I mean, he's you know, there's obviously more recent interviews. You know, him being asked about you know the injustice for Jason stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it seems like he's accepted it. Like, you know what? That record is is what it is. I agree. And it's part of the sound of that record, and it's a great record, and I got to be a part of it. Man, I'm looking forward to their uh, reissue of that record, because they may... Do you think they'll do it? Do you they think they'll might. remix it? They might. Like Fleming? I know James has come out and basically said that, like, this idea of re-recording it or or, put it, or changing it, he rejects, because it's like, it's a snapshot of time. Sure. Even with all of its flaws. And I, I get that. I, of course, yeah. But... It'd be cool if they did two versions. That right? would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, if they did two remasters and one of them... Because the, the, the bass exists. I mean, it exists, it's yeah. on tape. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and they wouldn't even have to do, like, a crazy remix. It right. would just, it would, they would just have to pull up the tracks. Just pull the, just pull the level up. Just pull the, that one fader <laughs> one on the fader. console up. Just a little bit. A couple dB. I know I would like to hear it. I would love to hear it. There are, so there are, there are things around the internet with the bass ups obviously that people have, have recorded it themselves but but i don't want to hear that i, I want but i know. found a couple of things that says jason's actual tracks 
and you listen to it, and I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's somebody who's good at mastering that's able to kind of pull that stuff out of it. I don't know. I don't think you can do that in mastering. You can't do it that drastically. I don't know. I've, I've, I just want, I just want to hear it as it, you know. I want to hear it pre-mix essentially. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, <clears throat> our friend Melody in J, who's a friend of uh, the show, asks. Did I jump ahead? I'm on the right thing, right? Yeah, you're on the right thing. Uh, yeah. Melody asks, what if Metallica didn't change their style of music and just played thrash metal to please their fans? Would they have faded out? Um, I don't... I was young when all that, when Black Album was kind of changing the thrash sure. game. So I don't remember how well... It seems to me like bands that did stay thrash did not do well. Right. It seemed like once Pantera happened and groove metal and... And, and just the 90s in general started yeah. to happen. The death of 80s hair shit. Sure. It seemed like you kind of had to evolve, you know? Yeah, you had to evolve. I mean, like, all of the, you know, all but Slayer, I guess, of the big four bands did a Black Album-ish right. record, you know? The Anthrax did Persistence, Persistence of Time. And Megadeth was Countdown to Extinction, which were not thrash records. Right. You know, so, um, but, you know, we've talked about it before. I think there's so much on the first four records that's not thrash it was inevitable. That I agree. They, they, I think they were going to do something more like that. You know, um, I mean, you listen to fade to black and sanitarium and stuff like that. And, you know, to live is to die. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's plenty of stuff that's not thrash on yeah. those records. Harvester you know? of Sorrow, that intro, the, intro, the, the only intro like, in justice for all full on thrash metallic records, kill them all. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, I think maybe they would have faded out a little bit if they just stuck with the same formula. I think they needed something different. Or maybe know? they would have done kind of what Iron Maiden has done, where they just sort of have that classic power metal thing, and they're not in the mainstream at all, but they're, they, they're able to sell out, and they have such a rabid... Yeah. Like, Iron Maiden never really had to evolve. No, all, pretty much all the records sound but, like Iron Maiden. And so ACDC's the same way, yep. you know? Yep. But that is an interesting question. Ocean Machine asks... What if instead of going for a simpler heavy metal route on the Black Album, they kept going with the more technical thrash album Justice for All? That's a similar question to Melody's. Yeah. Um, I think there are hints of it, Holier Than Thou and Struggle, Struggle Within, Within yeah. could have been on Justice. Um, I know that for me, I know that for me, I prefer their, the evolution of Metallica. I do too, yeah. I listen to Kill Em All the least. I love, I like it. I love it even. I think yeah. it kicks ass. But I listen to Black Album way more than Kill Em All. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, you have to kind of point out like what people's definition of thrash is. Is it like Slayer, which is like fast drum beats the whole time like crazy? Right. Because I think there's stuff that like blast beat speed metal. Yeah. It, to me, it doesn't have to be I agree. that tempo to be thrash metal. There's stuff. Right. That, no remorse is thrash. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I agree. Uh, Vader man. V H R man. Vader man. Um, what if they never took on Bob Rock? Wow, I think we would have a lot of different music. We I really have a way different. I album. really do. Like the songs, the songs were there. They had these songs written for the Black Album, right? Um, so that, for that the had, most part. That, so that's true. I mean, you, that's how, there. But what how if, much could you fuck up Inner Sandman? You what know? if Fleming did the record? I mean, yeah. what, how much different would it mean, sound? I mean, Bob Rock also, you know, is coming off like Doctor Feelgood, right? And stuff. Right. Man, I'm tempted to say that Bob Rock is as important to that band as Cliff was. Like in a sense. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Some people would say that, you know, he was the producer that made them sell out, so no. to speak, which I, I, I hate, of course. But. I, I think that I think James and Lars were if you look at what they were talking about, it's one of the reasons they hired Bob Rock, actually, yeah. is because they wanted a guy that could help take them to the masses. I think yep. that I think that James and Lars decided themselves without fucking Bob Rock 
that they were ready to take Metallica to the world. Yeah, for sure. So I think that would have happened regardless. I'm so glad it did happen with Bob Rock. Yeah, I think they, I mean, there still would have been all those Black Album songs if they went with somebody else, but it wouldn't sound nearly what it sounds like. Uh, the song development would be a lot different. You wouldn't have that amazing Unforgiven solo. Oh my gosh. The one that, I mean, Bob Rock pushed and nagged Kurt to finally get. Yep. Um, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be a lot different. I don't think it would sound nearly as good. I think it. I agree. You know, could be like a, it could, maybe that who, would have been their saying. Who, who would have been other like massive producers at that time to get? Like I, I don't even know if I know. Could have done Rick Rubin back then. I mean, he was doing big records. He was doing Slayer. Doing yeah, I mean, Slayer. he did Rain he and Blood. Doing, he did not that it's metal, but he was doing big bands like Chili Peppers. He did uh, Blood Boys Sugar and, Sex Magic. Yep. Yeah, License to Ill. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Uh, John Matrix. Oh, John Matrix again. Yeah, here we are again. John Matrix. Uh, Metallica considered using Holier Than Thou as the lead single for the Black Album. What if they had? Would it have made any difference? That's a great what if. Because what if the first single had just totally tanked? I mean, Holier Than Thou is one of the more thrasher ones in that record. It's the one Bob Rock wanted. Exactly. Um... I think it was a real smart move not to release Holy Than I agree, as much as I love that song. Because here's what it would have done. Bob Rock was maybe thinking, well, I want to just ease all of their fans yeah. into it, but then they would have gotten it, and it's really the only song and maybe struggle with it. Maybe, don't, maybe uh, Through the Never that sounds thrashy, and it would have been kind of like bummed people out even more. Yeah, it may have. Um, yeah, I think releasing that as the first single also would, would have just, at least upon hearing it for the first time, Oh, it's just another Metallica record. Yeah. Because that riff is very old school Metallica. I wonder if it would have done well as a single, though. I, I mean, because I love that song. Of course, yeah. I, I think it might have done okay, but you put it up against Inner Sandman in terms of commercial appeal, there's yeah. no fucking question. Uh, agreed, yeah. It's a good question, though. Uh, great good, question. A good what if. Lily47, once again, asks... What if they ended the collaboration with Bob Rock after the Black Album? Well, I think a lot of Metallica fans would have been real happy. Yep. What if James... Um, and then, of course, we wouldn't have probably gotten what we got the way that it... Because I love that Load and Reload, yes, it's Metallica doing slower sort of stoner rock, but it's got that Bob Rock heaviness to it. It does. I love... Especially, I, I mean, the drum sounds on those, the he, snare sound is so good. I agree. He's like the glue of that time. Yep. Uh, they also go on to ask, what if James never fully recovered his guitar skills after his various accidents, broken wrists, severe burns? Uh, again, I think yeah. I think if if it, it got to the point where he couldn't perform, I think they would have had a guy like you know his tech Jim Marshall like coming in there and just playing, and he would be just a front man. Yeah, which I is agree. a little awkward looking, but I think he would have eventually owned it. And if that was what they had to do to keep the Metallica machine churning, yep. that's what they would have done. Totally. Spudman two four six asks, "What if the Black Album was never released?" Well, so you, with, now does that mean you go from Injustice for All to Load? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the only way to really. Because it is kind of, I mean, maybe what what this person's asking is, what if their biggest album, you know, what if they never had an album that big? Yeah. I mean, they'd still be a big band. I think they'd be fine. They'd be a big band. They wouldn't be what they are now. They totally. wouldn't have sold, you know, over 100 million records right. or whatever. But, I agree. Um, they would still be, I'd still think they'd be bigger than like Slayer and Anthrax and Megadeth. I, I do too. Um, they were already, I think they already started to eclipse those bands, definitely yeah. by puppets. Oh yeah. You know, people are like, Rain and Blood or puppets. It's like, really? Um, puppets for me. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Stephanie in tech says, what if Lars and James were into country instead of metal? Would they be the biggest country artist of all time? <laughs> well, well James a, is in the country. He is in a country, but instead of metal. Yeah. Oh man. Um, well, 
They probably. Well, what's the biggest country artist of all time, or one of? You have obviously there's the Johnny Cashes and stuff like Garth Brooks. Let's say that's, yeah, that's kind of nineties. Or like, is there a country band that's massive? Or like Leonard Skinner, or like I wouldn't call them country, like Southern, Southern rock. rock. Yeah, um, yeah. I see. That's what I mean. There's, there's such a vague um, genre. Like right. I could see James and Lars being in a Skinner type of like Southern rock swagger band. Definitely, yeah. I can't. I mean, as much as I'm sure James loves Johnny Cash, I can't see him doing like a. Tennessee, Tennessee three style kind of stuff. Right. You know? I um, can't either. It's but, too hard uh, to imagine. It's a good question though. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, Hardwired to self-destruct and uh, LTBR 55 said, what if load reload were on one album and in parentheses had to be that guy? Well, we're going to do, I, a whole I like ep- this. We're yeah. going to do a whole episode on that. That's kind of, that's in relation to another. What if it's, yeah, I've done this. I've made my own playlist of what I call re reload. So, I'm assuming that's what we'll call the episode. <laughs> well, in honor of our friend Paul, we have to call it unload, though. That's true. We'll we'll, t- we'll talk about that that joke later. Yeah. yeah. We so can- we're not dodging this question. It's just that we're going to do an actual full on episode on this. So, yes, we are. And Ethan's Ethan's been telling me. I don't know if he's mentioned on the show, but he's been listening to Load and Reload a little bit. Okay, I, and I, been I, getting pretty excited. I am. I am because I have to admit those. Are, I I did write those records off when they first came out. Other than other than a couple of the singles, like obviously Fuel, Memory Remains, Unforgiven like Two, maybe. I liked uh-huh. Unforgiven Two. Um, some of the other stuff, I I would get into get to the chorus and like, oh gosh, I'm not really feeling this. But but now you've gotten bitten by the Load Reload bug, dude. Um. Yeah, Which, did you a, ever grow up hearing that phrase? No, got bit by the bug. Is that like a southern? Oh, got bit by the bug. I think. Did you hear that phrase? Got bit by the load reload bug. No, well, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said it. But it's um, like he done went and got bit by the load reload bug. Load reload. Now bug. he's done bit with it. Tell you what. <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry, we can't fully uh, answer that. But um, I will say this: I think that you can definitely narrow down twelve to fourteen tracks and make it a really kick-ass record yeah you can but i gotta say even the turds on those records i still like them well that's the record you got into i still like them um okay burgermeister not meister the burgermeister burgermeister oh so say burgermeister (laughs) i think with my hoarse voice i could do a much better torben tonight yeah you're like a torben who like smoked too many cigars or something well, I, I was listening to this, uh, or watching stuff with him in it, and I definitely do a way higher pitch version of Torben, but it's cool. It's you know, it's my version, I'm making Torben my own. Oh man, you're an artist, bro. Uh, so Burgermeister asks, what if they were still in the load and reload era of wearing eyeliner, furs, and hipster clothing, looking all grunge, and not the metal badasses they are? First of all, I wouldn't. I mean, was that hipster back then? I don't know. I think that was just the trend. That's what everyone thinks. I don't really remember that being the I mean I was online at this point you remember them like Kirk, I remember the eyeliner I mean Kirk's I remember the way like the piercing and I remember stuff. the way they looked I just don't remember them looking like lots of other bands when they I were think, doing it I think Kirk I, I really don't and Lars were the only ones that really kind of like Hetfield still just wore all black like like was it them trying to look like Scott Weiland or, like who were they who do people say they're trying to emulate because I don't ever no one ever gives yeah. examples People say that Load and Reload sounds like them trying to sound like Alice in Chains. Uh, no, it's that doesn't sound like Alice in Chains no, to me. No, not at all. I Like, you can't get away with that with me anymore, because I actually listen to fucking Alice in Chains. Right. Totally. Like, oh, they were just trying to look like everyone else. Well, I was listening to 90s music then, and I don't remember bands looking like that. I don't think they really... I think they just kind of tried to do their own thing, and it was... Yeah, it was different from what they did in like, And it may even have been a misstep, but I think it was just them... I don't hey, know, you know, man. What? I kind of... I, re- I recently watched that Motherload shit. Yeah. And... Like Kirk with his short hair, with his kind of like 
pointy hair and yeah and like Lars wearing fur and shit I kind of dig it man I mean I actually dig it I can't dude. say I dig it but I can say that again it's it's you know it's an era of Metallica that was and they're good records and you know what do, do yourself a favor why don't you go back 15 years and look at the clothes you wore yeah no shit and let's talk yeah go, go, go look at the pictures of you with eyeliner on in yeah, then, then, yeah, then email us I mean, you know, you remember the you know the phase where like Lars had a mustache and they just look like straight up rednecks. Yeah, I like this phase a lot better because they look like fucking rock stars. Yeah, totally. Okay, um, <laughs> Phantom Lord Three, who's a friend of the podcast, asks, "What if Metallica kept their early '90s black album image, long hair, black on black on black, through the Load Reload era? Would the reception have been better?" That's a great question. That's a good question. I think it would have helped because that was a big deal when they changed their image. It and was they cut like their a hair. all. It was like a full on assault. You know, image even sound. from even from Alice in Chains. Remember the Alice in Chains unplugged? Yeah. Friends don't lend friends. Yeah, yeah. friends haircuts. I right. mean, a, another big band was exactly. calling them out on it. So they're trying to fucking copy Alice in Chains, and Alice in Chains are making fun of them. Exactly. Why would you know? <laughs> I hate that argument. I mean, I think I think the reception. Yeah, it probably would have been a little bit better. Maybe just a little bit though, because I do think at the end of the day, it really is about music. And the music, the music was different. I, it you was know, different. I get it. Until it sleeps was the first single. Yeah. And Until It Sleeps is very, very different. Mm, the fretless bass on the intro. One of my favorite songs of theirs, by the way, coincidentally. Um, all right. Uh, RPT319 said, what if Mama Said had topped the country charts? Ooh, that would have been great. That would have been so cool. Because, you know, the video is kind of just James in that car. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been so cool. I've said it before. I think that James needs to do a countryside project. Me like, too, man. Produced by T-Bone Burnett or something. Yeah. Just something. I would kinda, love it. Kind of that outlaw country thing, Let I guess. But. Um, all right. Oh, Mano Phantom. Manofatum? Manofatum? Man Manofatum. Man of Atom. I like Manofatum. Manofatum. <laughs> Man of, okay, Man of Atom. Uh, uh, what if Load hadn't been accompanied uh, by an image change? Would metalheads have cared? Oh, it's, it's kind of the same kind question. Kind of the same question. So. Uh, I think they ultimately would have cared that the music was different. Well, think about what they thought of the Black Album. Like certain metalheads that wanted the thrash sound, they're like, oh, oh look, no. they sold out. But they saw long hair and were headbanging. And right, that's going, true. You know, um... But I, yeah. I saw someone say recently, they were like, man, I like Mama Said, just get those uh, steel-sounding guitars out. That... You mean the cool guitars? I'm like, those are like the best part of the song. I know. It's no hurdy-gurdy, but... <sighs> well, a few things are hurdy-gurdy. Okay, um, Ibanez400 asks, what if there was a new S&M, Greg producing it? Ooh, what would be on it? Ooh. Well, we're going to do a whole episode on a reimagining S&M 2. Man, Cause there, I, I mean, would I could love tell you, for them to do another one. Well, I could tell you right off the bat, in my perfect version of part two, because I love the first one, they're opening with Orion. Oh, that would be such a good intro. There's going to be Creeping Death, Fade to Black, Orion, Harvester of Sorrow, Dream yeah. No More, Moth in the Flame. Can you imagine... Um, uh, the day that never comes with an orchestra. Oh, beautiful! Like that would be my pick for for um, Death Magnetic. Maybe, uh, maybe that was just your life, also. Or oh, Unforgiven Three. What if they did? Oh, a, Unforgiven Three. What if they did the trilogy? Unforgiven Three fucking trilogy. That would be so. Got to happen. Anyway, we'll do a whole episode on that because that's a ripe for oh, yeah. picking. That yeah, that that's going to be one that we're going to definitely sit down and watch together before we record the episode because it's so exciting. But I'm not even talking about a whole episode on the an imagining of a second version. Yeah, I'm where, down. where you, you know Ethan's going to make his own track list. I'm going to make my own track list. Oh man, that'd be so. And then whoever's fun. track list is better has to eat the has to kill now, and now, eat the other one. D does it have to be uh, all songs that weren't on the first one? Abs absolutely, has no to be repeats. That. Absolutely, no okay. repeats. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yep. All right, geek out. 
geek Wait, out. Man. This is this is cut off. Oh no! Is it? Oh shit! <laughs> oh. Oh no! No, it's not. Look on the next page. I am. And who would uh, geek out? Ask and who would do it? Hans Zimmer, another cinematic powerhouse. Oh, this is a follow up to the previous question. Yes. Oh, got it. Okay. Sorry about that. I was just looking at. It. Okay, so in response, yeah, who would do it? Hans Zimmer. Okay. Because Michael Kamen has passed away, yeah. So he wouldn't be able to, you know, do the orchestral pieces, right? So who would do it? John, Zim- John Williams. John, dude, can you imagine that? That'd be so cool. Hans God, Zimmer be would so be cool. cool too, man. Though. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dennis Muraview. Muraviv asks, <laughs> have you pre-read this question? No, I just looked at it. He asks, what if the outlaw torn was on SNL? <laughs> <laughs> he, also, he also typed out a smiley face. Oh, That's a good one for you, Ethan. Dennis, you. Well, I like to think that uh, there'd be an orchestra <laughs> there and it would be in San Francisco and it would be on the album. I love that that's just a thing. I know. It's, a, it's a thing. It's totally it's a, a thing. thing now. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, uh, Pontus Four says, "What if Lars Ulrich did not go to war with Napster after the I disappear leak, but instead bought Napster, revamped into a legit streaming music service long before Spotify and Title?" Wow, because you know him, him going after Napster was him sort of having some foresight into what was potentially was very dangerous about it. Yeah, uh, I think that would have been a great idea. Um, but that's some hindsight shit right there because it, it, that was so. just like brand new scary stuff. I mean, stuff. think like I mean, streaming didn't really take off till a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember when when that became a thing. I I I didn't care for it at all. Well, because the Napster thing wasn't streaming; it was file sharing. It was file which, sharing, which yeah, is a exactly. different, whole different animal. But that I mean, and that, that that is that is a really good question. Great question. And I think I've brought this up before. Do yourself a favor and look it up. Um, there is, I think it's a Charlie Rose interview. Mm-hmm. You can find it on YouTube or whatever. It's Lars and Chuck D talking about the whole yeah, Napster issue. Because Chuck D was one of the people, like Public Enemy were one of the... They, they were, were for it. They, they were, were with cool. Metallica. But James has come out and said, I think he said it on the Joe Rogan podcast, where he said, you know, at the time, a lot of people like Dr. Dre and um, a lot, especially a lot of hip hop guys were backing them but were yeah. afraid to come out well chuck d they weren't necessarily like backing metallica like he was there as like a devil's advocate like a foil public enemy was more like going with it like chuck d makes a bunch of great points oh, in, like but this he, is the future and we have to he, he kind of says like this is where things are going if you don't adapt like, so it's almost like a panel it's really cool it's just the two of them and charlie rose talking it's well worth your watch well i know james said that like dr dre you know they were having all these like sort of backroom conversations where right. artists like as big as, i mean dr dre was massive at the time well not as big as his early chronic days but still big like still per, i mean he like broke eminem and well, shit huge producer i mean and yeah. um you know, they were saying like, "Man, we we love what you guys are doing. Keep it up." But they weren't; they were too scared to alienate their fans. Right. And Metallica was like, "You know, we were big enough where we could kind of take that risk and survive yeah. it." And they did. And they, yeah, they kudos did. to them, man. One hundred percent did. Um, Ferro, uh, Ferox, Ferro X, Ferox. Um, what if the Presidio sessions had been completed and James never went to rehab? I think that. There's a lot of speculation about those Presidio sessions. I've gone online and listened to kind of leaked stuff that that's uh, all incomplete kind of songs. And stuff Where like fans that. have looped it? Yeah, things like that. Um, and you know what? There's a lot of comments like on videos of that stuff and, and audio files I've seen. And a lot of people are like, this stuff's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I have to disagree. I think a lot of it, there's some cool riffs in there and cool parts, but... 
not that when James got back from rehab and we got St. Anger, like that was amazing, but there's just a lot of gibberish in there, I think. Well, uh, um, someone emailed us named Vinny, who is just like apparently an expert on this Presidio session stuff. Yeah. And he's definitely going to be our guest if when we get that up and running on uh, on our Presidio sessions sure, episode yeah. because he, this dude is like, it's like his holy grail is sort of unearthing the mystery because he says a lot of people sort of falsely assume that Saint Anger is kind of just the finished Presidio recordings, right. but he believes that there's enough evidence to suggest that there's tons of material that just got buried, like a whole other record. And my question is, if it sounds like the logical extension of Load and Reload then I'm in 100% and sure. wanting to hear that shit. But yeah. it doesn't sound like that's the case from the, what you've heard. Yeah, the, 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 the put-together fan like? stuff, it, I think a lot of it is is just audio pulled from the documentary. Okay. Um, like that weird, the, the delete that scene. Right. That real echoey. Yeah. I don't know. For me, there's just not a lot of stuff in there that, that, that got me excited. But if, hey, Vinny, if you're listening... Hey, convince us. I would love I would love to talk to you and hear your theories on this because I've so far I've not been sold on the Presidio sessions. And, and Ferox, I would say to the James going to rehab, you know, it does seem like as a human being, from what I can tell, going to rehab was a good thing for James. Very very much so, yeah. So I don't who will ever know how much it did or did not change the music for better or worse. I mean, but they could they could have broken up at that point. They were on the brink of it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was a big part of why they stayed together was James getting clean and stuff. So that we could not have Saint Anger, and I, Death Magnetic, or <laughs> Hardwired. And I gotta say, like, I prefer the the last fifteen years of James in terms of like him being a little like man. Even watching that mother look, like James in the mid nineties seemed kind of like a dick. A little bit. I mean, he's still a badass, but well, that was kind of part of it, right? So yeah, that's what yeah. you kind of lose when he becomes the nice guy. Totally. But now we have Hardwired, and it I mean, kicks I, ass I think James is still a badass, and I, I, do too. I, I like that. I like I like sober James. I like that he kind of he has this sense of humor, like when you see a lot of old footage of them in the '80s, and they're just goofing around and stuff. I like that he kind of has that from time to time. It could get a little corny, but I mean, I back it. I'm, I'm more than proud of that guy for getting clean. It's been like 15 years now. Yeah, I, I agree. Good for him. Um, Snake Charmer says, "What if James had allowed Jason to release the Echo Brain album? I don't think it would have been a big deal at all. I don't think it would have been a big deal whatsoever. I, and also, he could have released it. it was, I think it was more of a, of a matter of uh, management. Uh, Metallica's management was going to manage Jason on gonna, the Echo Brain project, right. and James stepped in and said no. Um, so he could. So he just, did release. He it. did release it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not trying to correct your your what if. Well, I think what they mean is what you know. What if James? He was behind it. He was cool. With hadn't it. blocked Q Prime from pushing it. Had really let Jason sort of explore the side project. I don't think it would have meant shit to the machine of Metallica. And Jason said that before. Yeah, I, I think everything James was afraid of would not have come true. No, I, was, I, I mean I think maybe that you know a lot of that back then was a result of him just being an alcoholic and being kind of crazy and like. Maybe that's another one of those little things on the chalkboard of why he needed to get sober. He made a big deal out of nothing. Right. I mean, James Hetfield from Metallica made a big deal about Echo Brain. Right. It's insane. It wouldn't have done anything to Metallica. Like, Metallica he, fans would have been like, all right, fuck Metallica. We're going to Echo Brain now. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. I've been waiting my whole life to hear this Echo Brain thing. Finally. Fuck you guys, Metallica. Okay, which kind of does lead to the next inevitable question that we got from Razor Orion, Fem2, and Joshua Metallica fan, which I do got to give a shout out to Joshua Metallica fan, who is a young kid in the UK who's all over the Metallica forum. This kid nice. loves the shit out of this band. Awesome. Very passionate. I was just in the UK. We should have hung out. Yeah. Um, so just want to give a shout out to Joshua Metallica fan. So they, all three of these folks ask, 
And this is, you know, the big... We, we addressed this in our oh, yeah. Jason episode, but what if Jason had never left the band? Oh, man. Uh, you we'll know start with the positive. We wouldn't have gotten Robert, who has been a great asset to great, the band. Yeah, great bass player. Um, honestly, I think there would probably be more creative input yeah. on the last couple records. I agree. Um, obviously, the bass play would have been completely different because Jason's a... Different yeah, bass a pick player, player and yeah. a different person, but um, uh, live, I think uh, the backup vocals would be a lot better. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, no disrespect to Robert, but Jason, Jason owned it. He was the best. What do you, and we've talked about it before, but maybe we can explore a little more. Like, what do you think Jason would have made of the whole Saint Anger debacle? I feel like he. I think he would have been in the middle of James and Lars in those arguments. Like, I agree more than Kirk was. He way more than Kirk, and I think he would have been supportive of James going to rehab. Yep, and. But he you know he was so against Phil. Remember when he said like, "This is fucking lame." Yeah. After all the things we've been through and kajillions of dollars and yeah, this is what was happening. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's a good chance that Jason could have been the Phil. Ooh, maybe Jason would have Jason towel s- somehow put a stop to a freaking therapist coming in and said, "Look, I'll deal with this." Like, but the, but you know what though? Like, in order for that to have really been the case, there would have had to have been a, a lot more respect from James towards Jason that I don't think existed. Yeah, true. You know. Yeah, it's such a bummer. I, I mean, I wish that part of me, you know, this could be another what if, like what if James got sober during Load Reload? You know? Whatever that fire he was in, it's almost worth it to get the, for yeah. me to get fucking Fixer and Outlaw Torn. But, you know, I do think about when Kirk is like, when, with the big scene where Lars is like, oh, you're just being a dick. There is a scene where Kirk, and it's he just there's no power in it, but he's like, guys, why don't we just go in there and bang it out? Yeah. And James is like, why? I'm in a shit mood. We're not going to yeah. get anything done. It's just like Kirk's just trying. It's just like a fucking pebble in a waterfall. You know? I know, like, totally. I, I really felt for Kirk. I appreciate scene. his spirit. Of course, yeah. Dude, there's a fucking... I just rewatched Some Kind of Monster because it's on Netflix now. There's yeah. a fucking hilarious scene where James comes back from rehab and he, he's wanting to put that time limit on. Like, we work from noon to six or whatever. Right. And he's like, I don't want you guys working on stuff when I'm gone. And Lars is like, why not? We can't listen. I can't listen with Bob or whatever. And James goes, because I feel like when I come in, you guys have made decisions, and I'm out of the loop, and it's just like an uphill battle for me. And and I, this, I'm so proud of Kirk. Kirk looks right at James and goes, yeah, that's kind of like what I've been doing the last 15 years. Ooh, he finally stepped up a little bit. And he just gets completely ignored. But he threw right. it out there. I was like, damn, it's burn, kind of still going on, too. It was a great point, though. Yeah, All right. totally. Um, where are we at? Okay. Crentis the Dentist. <laughs> okay, Crentis the Dentist. Which I think is from The Office. Uh, what if early demos of I Disappear were never leaked on Napster? What if the song was just the first of an entire new album they ended up putting out? I will say I Disappear does kind of feel like it's in the load reload camp of sounding tune. It is. I don't, I don't love I know that you're song. Not a big fan I don't really it. care for it. I don't mind it. I don't put it on. But if it's on, if it comes up on Shuffle or something, I'm... Yeah. You know? I mean, if it never leaked on Napster, obviously, there wouldn't have been that whole era of Lars battling Was it them. I Disappear that really kind of broke the levy that was, on that? that? That's kind of what, like, shed the light on it. Like, okay, what is this? What's happening? You right. Know? Um, if it was the first of an entire new album... Well, I would say if it was the first of an entire new album... I'd rather hear that record than St. Anger. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it would be much better than St. Anger. Yeah. Um, But good question, for sure. Which, listen, we we know we slag St. Anger almost every episode. Uh, (laughs) But just wait. We know there are a lot of you who really like that record. And just I just want to say, we respect it. That's fine. It isn't going to change my opinion. 
Right. And there will come the episode where we, Ethan and I are going to have to dive headfirst into that Oh, we're, we're going to, yeah, it's going to, I will admit. But we're going to do it it's right. It's going to be tough for me to dive into but it, we're but gonna I'm going to do, do it. it. We're, yeah, we'll we're do gonna it right. Do it. I'll listen to it at least once. Um, okay. Ocean Machine asks, what if Jason decided to go through with coaching with Phil Tao and the rest of the band? Oh, well, there you go. Um, uh, I can't imagine anything negative coming from that. That might have been a positive experience. Yeah. Because we're coaching with him? I just mean like, you know, Phil like wanted, you know, when Phil was at that meeting right. and Jason was like, get out. Maybe if Jason had been more open to Phil being there more open to the process of therapy. Right, maybe... Maybe maybe that could have smoothed some of these rough edges. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, if I have a time machine and it's only dedicated to Metallica yeah. timeline, I'm willing to do anything. <laughs> Almost like me talking about a marriage. I'm willing to do anything to keep Jason in that band. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, Jason seems like a pretty no BS kind of guy. Like, you know, even him talking about the therapist coming in, like, really? Like, we can't just talk about this? Yeah. You know? Um Anyways, uh, the the Tammy 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 T A I M I the time I the time I uh, what if they uh, what if they had taken a six month break and apologized to Jason and still been together? Hmm. Well, I think a six month break would have been maybe not six months, but maybe a little bit more of a breather than they did take. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of a break would have would have kept Jason around. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, well, it sounds like he was asking for a year. That's true. He did want a year break. That's right. Which I think is unreasonable. I, I agree with James. I mean, I had never heard that, so I didn't know he asked for an entire year off from Metallica. Yeah, well, and, well, and on, you know, on top of that, it was to, it was to focus on Echo Brain. I mean, that kind of shed some new light on why James might have been a little clingy. Right. Doesn't excuse his behavior, but then uh, this this goes right into uh, you know continues here. Uh, Fade to Black uh, sixty eight. What if Metallica never met Phil? See, now, I think that Phil was dubious and had a strange effect on Metallica, but they have actually said subsequently that, you know, he kept the band together. Yeah, as much as, you know, you watch that documentary and you're just like, oh my God, get him out of I there. I hate this fucker. In his sweaters, you know. <laughs> Cosby sweater. But you know what? There's, you know, yeah, you're right. He might, there might be a big reason that, that, that he was there and... That's why Metallica's still there. Well, and all we really have is the film, which is edited from so much footage. Of course, I did yeah. read there is a good book ma- about the making of the film that the filmmakers released. Um, that shed it actually does shed some interesting light on Phil being actually kind of more of a nuisance than a help. But okay. to me, it comes through in the film. Sure. All right. Um, uh, Melody NJ, uh, New Jersey. Um, again, Poland, New Jersey. That's right, Poland, New Jersey. Beautiful place. Mm. Uh, what if James didn't go to rehab with a band of broken up? Would they have just pushed through, finished the album, and gone their separate ways? I think they... Uh, I don't know, man. I think Lars is willing to keep it together, and I think Kirk was this sort of wallflower. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it could go. It could have gone either way. I, I mean, think, they, they were on the brink of like breaking up at that point. I mean, it's, I think it's up to James. I think if James wants to be in Metallica and keep Metallica, Lars yeah. and Kirk are going to put up with whatever. But, you know, if James didn't go to rehab, like, I don't know if, if he would, you know, 15 years later now, I don't think he would have, like, the mental energy to write what he's writing now. I think... If he I was think, still an alcoholic right now and, like, drinking like crazy, would no, he be I writing agree. hardwired? I agree. I, I think that it, rehab was inevitable. Now, the question of yeah. the timeline of it, you know, is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hardwired to Self-Destruct asks, what if Les Claypool became the bassist when he auditioned? What do you think about that? Uh, well, I am. I do. I do like Primus. I like Primus. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would have been a good fit. 
I don't think it would have, would have been a good fit Te- technically either. Technically a great player. Very, very good. Very innovative. Very unique. Um, That's true. What, he could have brought a lot of creative flavor to the now band. Now, maybe Les Claypool, being as skilled as he is, uh, would have adapted to the style of music. True. But had that technical part of him. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, piggybacking on that, Joshua Metallica fan again asks, what if uh, Bob Rock was kept as the bass player? Uh, I wouldn't have been super stoked on that. Nah, I don't like his look. Yeah, if you watch the footage of, of like when they played at full, at, uh, at uh, San Quentin, um, and Bob Rock's on bass because they're still in between bass players at that point. It just kind of looks very daddish up yeah, there. Like, like a, very he rig- is a dad. Producers are like dads. Yeah, he's yeah, and and it it just I don't know. It didn't seem fitting. You know, in the seat of the producer, of course, wonderful, wonderful. But and needless to say, the uh, bass playing in Saint Anger didn't exactly blow my fucking mind. It, so I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. Uh, Frankster asks, "What if they didn't use snare drums in Saint Anger and added guitar solos?" I think what he means is that snare drum. What if they didn't use that <laughs> shitty trash can sound and there were actual solos? Yeah. Uh, well, easy. Uh, the record would have been better. It would have been way better. The, the remix they did of some kind of monster, which is like way shorter with an actual normal sounding snare, makes the song kind of tolerable. Yeah, for sure. Gunga gunga gunga. Yeah, because there are some really good riffs on that record. There are, man. There really are. There really is good stuff. A lot it's of just it's a like shame. Detune. It's just. It's just. I don't like it when they do detune shit which i guess dream no more is detuned but the live version or no the record versions yeah, for sure detuned because they, they debuted it did you see the debut yeah they debuted and it's dream even no lower and he's playing it on a one of those it's fiber a bar- it's like a baritone or, yeah i think on the record i have to double check on my guitar but i know i think the live version they just debuted in mexico city is in c sharp do you just like sit at your computer with your guitar and like find i don't, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> of course i do of course you do um <laughs> ooh, this next one's good uh, it's, it's you. Oh, you're correct. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I got ahead. Uh, my bad. Uh, what if Bob Rock produced Death Magnetic? This well, is who, asked by... Uh, this is o- Ogre Jim J. Jim J. Uh, and uh, GP Chamb. <laughs> GPC Hamb. GCPH Amb. Um, what if Bob Rock produced Death Magnetic? I have actually asked this and said this. And yeah. I would love to have heard that Me record too. with Bob Rock production Me or, or, or um, Greg or Greg. Well, Greg worked on it, but like, I would love to hear Greg more at the helm. Me like too. he wasn't hardwired. Me too. Um, I would love to hear Fleming. Imagine yeah. Fleming doing death magnetic. Yeah, Cause that's, that, that's it's, it's a, there's a good amount of thrash on that record. That was the record where they were kind of going back to like. I consider Death Magnetic a straight up thrash record. I love that record. I, I, I would love. I would. That's a record I would love to hear a remix of. Yeah, we'll have to see what they do with it. I mean, some people want them to go re-record it. I mean, that's never going to happen. No, I'm not, no, I wouldn't say go re-record it. I would say just not even a crazy remix. Just like, hey, let's just let's pull back those faders, not get that digital clipping that you hear. Yeah, the remastering is going to be nice. Yeah, I know that they have done a remastered version for iTunes that right. is better, but is it? Um, it is better. But you, as most of you know, you can find uh, fan remasters all over the internet and stuff. And I've downloaded a few of them to check it out, and they're pretty cool and stuff. Right but, on. Um, I would like to hear that. Um, I would a, definitely like to hear it. I, I, remix. I think Rick Rubin is an amazing producer. I love the shit he's done with Johnny Cash and Slayer and Chili Peppers and Run DMC. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a, a, a super talented dude. Of course. Uh, but I couldn't give a hot shit about what he did on Death Magnetic. I know. Me too. I really couldn't give a fuck. Well, and, and from what I've heard, he's, he just wasn't there a lot. He'd show yeah. up once a week. And, and I think it shows. It does, yeah. Okay, the Steel Curtain asks, "What if they never met Lou Reed? Would Hardwired have come out earlier? I think so. Would it be different? I don't think so. 
what if Lars? <laughs> Sorry, what if Lars wasn't bald? Would he still wear beanies? <laughs> oh my gosh! What if Lars wasn't bald? Would he still wear beanies? I uh, mean, probably not. Probably not. He he probably still have his hair flowing and be whipping it around and stuff like that. You know, he's not totally bald though. Not totally, he's he's getting there. But you know, good. You know, good I was for him. not he, expecting that. Lars, it. You know, there was a point where he was still kind of trying to grow out the back and sort of get this more yeah, thing going. Like, hang on. Within the last five yeah, years, yeah, hanging on, um, hanging on to but it. But lately, it's just kind of like you know, it looks like he takes a set of clippers to it. I'm like a number three, <laughs> and it's you know, I like. I think he looks good in the beanie though. There's that's good news. Yeah, that's great news for Lars. Uh, Joe Caps 1988 asks, "What if Metallica had held a Ryan Festival in a different location, Vegas, for example?" Wow. Well, I do think different locations might have lended the festival to more success. Bay, um, Bay Area being... I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, if they did it like in San Francisco, it probably would have been way Atlantic bigger. City and Detroit, man, no one wants to go to those places. Yeah. Maybe it was like licensing deals and just tax cuts with different cities and states. Yeah, but I don't know. Chicago, Bay Area, Atlanta, New York... You know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. Fucking even Seattle, like the Pacific Northwest. Maybe they'll do it again. Who knows? I really hope they do it. I mean, maybe Nashville. Maybe in your studio tomorrow. Maybe Metallica can play right here in my garage. Um, all right, uh, Bean Eater <laughs> likes Mexican food. That's cool with me. What if Fleming Rasmussen would have produced Hardwired? We just talked about that. Uh, or any album from the Black Album onward? Would it sound vastly different, better, or worse? Why? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you would have produced Hardwired. Um, the thing is, I, you know, I have to admit, I don't, I, I haven't listened to something Fleming's produced. I haven't either. I don't really in know. In recent years, so I don't know kind of what his stuff sounds like now. I, I do agree with you, though. I, if I was going to do the magical switcheroo, I would do it. I would pick Death Magnetic because yes, agreed. I don't want anything touching Hardwired. I love no, it. I love Hardwired. Uh, and, of, and of course, um, Load and Reload, Bob Rock's my dude on those. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, if Fleming came in for like St. Anger, <sighs> he might... He but might, think about he might it. agree with Torben and say delete that. Yeah, I mean, if Bob Rock couldn't make St. Anger sound good, or was Bob Rock just too close to the fire? I, I think he was way too close. He, I think he it, got lost, you know? I think at that point he was like another member who who was just overshadowed by James and Lars. And couldn't couldn't say no to them, couldn't say this sucks, right. you know? I, I, well, or if he did, I think James or Lars would have been like, no, it doesn't. da do da do da do da do Have you seen that YouTube video yeah. of him doing that? Yeah. I like the video. Uh, I found I found videos of uh, Rob after he got hired while they were still tracking, actually doing. You flush it out, flush it out. Oh god, it's 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 kind of painful. Oh boy. Um, all right, uh, Mr. Bojangle, sixty nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> look at that flavor. Now we're talking. Flavor strong. We're hitting almost an hour here. Now we're getting to the we screen to... names. Are we looking okay? Can we get through? We have a lot more to go. Are we? We do have a lot more. I mean, this could be our longest episode. All right, let's blow through or, it. Let's or we'll do split it. it up. Who knows? No, no, let's blow through it. All right, what if Metallica would, uh, would have played a Lady Gaga song and her mic was turned off on the first verse? Uh, I don't think that would have ever happened because the Grammys just seem hellbent on taking a big shit on metal yeah. and making things real easy and beautiful and great for pop artists. And I don't think that as much as they have respect for Lady Gaga, I don't know if they would agree to play one of her songs. Well, not if she didn't have a record coming out or wasn't nominated that year. Yeah. Oh, you mean Metallica? Metallica played no, one Metalli- of her No, Metallica wouldn't. I don't, I don't think you would. Come up and do, yeah, come up and do a fucking poker face with me. Uh, we love you, but no. Yeah, why don't you do one of ours? No, she, because here's the deal. Lady Gaga's a big Metallica fan. Yeah. I'm not necessarily so sure it goes both ways. Right. In terms of the music they make. I think they have uh, the most respect for Mutual her and her respect. work I think, ethic. I think they're friends. Sure. But... Okay. All right. Um, Geek out. Geek asks, out. 
What if Lulu never happened? Would the Metallica-Lady Gaga pairing be accepted a bit better? Would Metallica themselves as a whole be less reluctant to go full force with the duet-style project? Um, I, I don't really... I think the, the Metallica-Lady Gaga pairing landed pretty well. I think, I think, that, think could, that could happen with, with or without Lulu. Here's the deal, man. They they tried this thing out with Lou Reed. They, it, it It's a piece of art that a lot of people didn't really dig. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to listen to it. It's a piece of pizza. I don't. It's a. I definitely don't. I choose not to. It's a piece of pizza. You put it in the fridge. You're ever hungry for it? It's right there. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. I don't yeah. wish it was never made. Sure. Well, and and, and you know, in a lot of the podcast stuff that those guys have been on in the last couple months with promo for Hardwired, you know, James talked about what a great experience it was to get to know Lou Reed and what a challenge it was to write only music to somebody else's lyrics. It was a great thing for them to try. It was, yeah. And one of the things that we all love, hopefully you love about this band by now, is that they're not afraid to look forward, to try things as artists, to explore yeah. shit as artists. And you're not going to hit it out of the goddamn park every time you do it. Right. Totally. Okay. Fade to Black 60... I didn't mean for that to sound so angry. <laughs> I did not mean that angrily towards... What's your problem, towards, uh, Who asked that? Uh, geek Out. Sorry, Geek Out. That was a good question. Uh, Fade to Black sixty eight asks, "What if Metallica would have played so what at the Grammys? Uh, I would have, I would have been laughing my ass. It would have been awesome. <laughs> well, they d- they did that years ago. Uh, I want to say it was the European Music Awards. They played so what? Yeah, like just uncensored. Oh yeah, they, it was like like, like bleep, cut. bleep 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 bleep. Uh, no, you can watch online where it's like it's not censored. But wow, yeah, it's pretty badass. Very um, cool. But you know, the older, wiser, post rehab, legendary status Metallica now, they're not looking to. Russell ruffle feathers. Right. They're not rebellious rock star or you know what I mean? Like they wanted they're to, all in their fifties. Like they wanted to promote their new record and they right. were honored to be there. Yeah. So okay. Totally. All right. Um Or Jim Jim again. Or, or Jim Jim. Ogre Jim. Uh, what if Metallica never put out hardwired or ever made another album again and took up a residency in Vegas? Just went the old uh uh Celine Dion route. Celine Dion, uh Shania Twain did that. I would be bummed. Garth Brooks did that. I would be pretty bummed. I'd too. be bummed. I wouldn't dig it. I don't. Th- I don't think they ever would. But uh, this is a what if episode. If if they did it, and I happen to be in Vegas, would I go? Yes, I would. I would go. I would go. <laughs> yeah. I would probably leave bummed. Yeah. But at least I went. But what if you went and it was just a great kick-ass Metallica show? It would be a but bummer. With like showgirls. Oh jeez. Like kicking their legs in the air and stuff, and like David Blaine in the corner, like doing magic or David Copperfield. <laughs> Copperfield has it has to be Copperfield. David Copperfield's like got a lion with walking a lion across the stage. Yeah, is that the lion guy. Who are the lions? That was like, Siegfried and Roy. Oh God, how do you know all this? That was like headline news, and one of the guys got like eaten by a tiger or something. Yeah, like his best friend, the tiger that ate yeah, him. Totally. Um, Don't play with wild animals, dummies. <laughs> all right, Spider by says, "What if Kirk hadn't lost his phone?" Well, well, did he? Did he, or is that his excuse? Mm. There's an interview uh, that's pretty recent where he's talking about it, and I feel like. I'm not trying to dog on Kirk, but I feel like he's just making up excuses as to why he wasn't creatively involved. Oh, I, mean, I lost my phone. Yeah, I, mean, I can't co- remember any of them, really. According to Kirk, according to Kirk's story, had he not lost his phone, he would have been over 250 riffs he would have contributed to Hardwired. So uh, if we take him at his word, then Hardwired might have been a better record than it already is. I mean, how many of those would Hetfield have been like, eh? This is better. Probably most of them. Yeah. And the thing is, we know that he wrote Inner Sandman, the riff. Mm-hmm. He, the dude's not incapable of writing great riffs, but he's not known for that. He's known for his thoughtful, melodic, Kirk-esque solos that he was not really yeah. fully able to bring to the table for hardware. What he needs to be known for is using iCloud and backing up his shit. 
Like, I don't think losing a phone can really explain the lack of special sauce from Kirk on Hardwired. I just, I don't, I don't think I, so. I just think, I mean, nowadays with iPhones, whatever you use an Android, it's pretty damn easy to back things up. I mean, you can, if you, if you have 250 riffs on your phone, that means you've gone a long ass time without syncing your phone, to your computer. Yeah. Because when you sync it, it's on there. If yeah, he, yeah. Assuming he's doing this like in voice memo app right. or something. So if unless he wrote, you know, dozens a day, but right. I don't know. I agree. Um, Guitar Man one twenty two five zero eight and you JJ Wallaka one eight two ask, what if Torben never told Lars to delete that? <laughs> we uh, wouldn't have our beautiful outro to our podcast. I, uh, this is very true, and I also think that uh, they would have one more shitty song on the record. <laughs> What if Jason's plan for those millions were were for fucking sandwiches? Do you know what he's talking about? In a year and a half in the life, Jason's like, which by the way, I've been doing this on tour for years where he's at catering, making oh, sandwiches right. for his hotel room. Yeah. And Lars is like, he, he like takes sandwiches to his hotel room so he doesn't have to buy sandwiches. So he's like, go ask him. And the guy's like, aren't you like a millionaire now? And Jason's like, I got plans for those millions and it's not to buy fucking sandwiches. Yeah, that's right. So what if his plan was to spend those millions on sandwiches, um, then he probably has a lot of sandwiches by now. A lot of sandwiches or maybe a sandwich chain or something. I've been doing that, dude, since I was like 20. The poor man. I still do it. Well, you know what I still do? Is in the morning at the complimentary breakfast, you get two pieces of toast and then all those little like Aunt Jemima peanut butters. Right. Put them in a plastic bag. Boom, you got lunch. Totally. You keep that per diem. Oh, yeah. You pocket it. I do that. I, I do that to this day. I mean, like, you got you're, you're leaving the venue, the band's gone, you walk in the dressing room, like beer, vultures, grab totally. all the stuff, take it to your hotel room. Totally. And guess what? You don't have to spend money at the bar. Dude, we just got off the bus today and uh, from a weekend of playing shows and just cases and cases of, albeit shitty beer, yeah. but me and the bass, everyone split and it was just me and the bass player and we were like, um, you want to split all these? He's like, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah awesome. I do. I do want to do that. Okay, what's next? Beefy Crunch Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Beefy Crunch I kinda, Boy. I kind of like that Which name. he explained, actually. He, he explained his name to me recently. I can't remember what it was, though. It, oh, it's a it's a Taco Bell... It's a Taco Bell, like, seasonal item. A Beefy Crunch Wrap a or beefy something? Beefy Crunch thing, Boy. I don't know. Whatever. The Beefy Crunch Wrap What Supreme. if a band member left the band? It could be any of the four. Would it be too late in Metallica's life to add in a new member at the stage in their career and have to retire from then on? Or would a replacement be the most viable option? Well... I think if Robert left, they'd replace him. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think, don't think, I think anyone... he's the most expendable. You know what? Would they replace Kirk if he left? They I, probably would. I think they would. Yeah, yeah. And again, Kirk is a very important piece of Metallica and their history and all those records. But at this point, he would just be parroting Kirk. Oh yeah, you'd bring he, someone in just to just to duplicate play all their solos. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they would replace Lars, and I definitely don't think James is irreplaceable. No, that's James and Lars are irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. And you know what? If they did replace Kirk, I, I think I would probably lose interest in the band. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would give it a chance, just like the the Vegas show, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Steel Curtain asks, what if Hulk Hogan joined Metallica? <laughs> well, Hulk Hogan's a bass player. No shit. Shit. He totally is. Is he, is oh, he good? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, this reminds me. Um, there is... A, oh, he, dude, he made like a record. My friend bought it for me on tour one time. Like, this is probably 15, 16 years ago. Is it ago. rock music? Mm, it's all sorts of things. I got to find it and I'm going to play it for you. And maybe okay. we'll play a clip on the show sometime. <laughs> okay. I just, all I know, it's called Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band. <laughs> that sounds it's terrible. so bad. It's terrible. Um, hey, there's a brother. Song, 
Oh, he says "Hey brother" on it. Like he, "Hey um, brother," like on every song. Yeah, there's one where like it's tell like, me there's a song called "Hey brother." There's not, but <laughs> there's a song called. Uh, let's see if I remember this. It's called "Hulksters in the House." Oh, jeez. And it's like a rap. And Is this like '90s? Um, yeah, it's '90s. You would think it was '80s, but it's '90s, like early '90s, and um. He like, I think in the studio, he was probably like, I'm going to say some cool phrases. So the song starts with like a hip hop beat and like these female vocals. And he goes, what's up, dude? (laughs) That's all he says. And he raps. There's a ballad on there called Hulkster in Heaven. I'm not kidding about this stuff. Somebody listening much about it because it's so unbelievably bad. You're going to want to listen to it. Okay. I guarantee somebody listening to, to this podcast right now owns it or has heard it and loves it. I hope they love it because it's special. Do I like it better than St. Anger? That's the next topic. <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. That's the million dollar question. Um, okay. Uh, back to... Uh, Ogre Jim J. Ogre Jim J. Uh, what if Lars was born a girl? Would he have been more into tennis than music? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Would or he be- ma- maybe he would, she would be a badass drummer. Yeah. I don't know. Both are, both are entirely possible. Very entirely. Very it's a new, entirely it's a new world. Harvard of Self-Destruct asks, what if, Megadeth, what if Megadeth was bigger than Metallica? That would be fascinating. That would be fascinating. Um, I, I keep trying. I want to say like what I really feel and like it's, that's impossible, <laughs> but, but this is, this is a what if episode. So what if they were like, like what if the, the ubiquity of inner Sandman was hello, me, meet, meet the, the real me. me. Yeah. It's me again. Yeah. Or, or even just like, you know, symphony destruction was like, that was the inner Sandman, the huge, like that, Put them into the mainstream. Is that the one that goes, hello, me? <laughs> That's the only Megadeth song I know. You know. Hello, me. You're going to say that on every Megadeth song I bring up. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Have you heard that song, Tornado of Souls? Hello, hello me. me. It's me again. Tornado of Souls again. Um, <laughs> just like Pied Piper. Is that a different song? That is. That's Symphony of Destruction. Oh, okay. I do yeah, know a different one. You know, too. Hello, me. It's me again. <laughs> Don Shetland asks, what if Lars retired and Dave Lombardo joined the band? Well, we did see a little evidence of this. Right. 2004 download, download festival, festival. When Lars got sick. And, and he kicks ass, you know? I mean, he does. There's a couple little flubs because I'm sure there was zero rehearsal. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty badass when he starts doing double kick way better than Lars could ever do. That's awesome. Yeah. His technicalities are amazing. I mean, they sound really tight. But again, it's not Lars. Yeah. I I got to have these dudes, man. Yeah. I got to have these. I got to have James and Lars and Kirk. I got to have them. Now, again, like the Vegas show, if Lars retired and they said, we're going to do one more tour and Dave Lombardo's on drums, I would be losing my I, shit. I would go. I think it'd be awesome. I think if Lars can't do it for whatever reason, yeah. and it's going to be, it, I think, A, Dave is a wonderful choice. Sure. And B, I would back it. But I think if Lars retired, I think Metallica would retire. They'd be done. I think so. I don't th- I don't think they would continue without Lars. Uh, it would be a strange new day if they did. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. All right. Um... Ring the Bell says, what if James's voice had the same issues as Brian Johnson? What issues are those? Uh, Brian, jo- well, Brian Johnson, his, his main issue is his uh, hearing. hearing. Yeah. I mean, he, he, with age, he can't sing back in black like he could in 1980. Right. Um, I mean, I think James, it does have vocal issues. You I know? think he does. I mean, I think James has been smart about it ever since the blackout when he blew his voice out. He's very anal about warming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he still goes to vocal coaches 
he corrects the way he sings live in order to get through the show and probably not blow his vocal cords out. Like on Hardwired, he sounds he has that good Hetfield growl, but you're in the studio. You can keep redoing it. Oh yeah, that's you comp can take from breaks multiple and, takes. Exactly. And there's a lot of just, I'm not saying they auto tune or anything, but there's like studio trickery and they of course, yeah. There's probably a, there's probably like a another track where it's like they overdriven it. and you totally. Know. But live, I mean, you're James. What fifty three years old? Fifty four. I, like, I think he's like eighty four, eighty seven. But yeah, I mean, you you ha- you have to you have to be sparing with what you do live. That's why there's songs that are detuned and stuff like that. The only person I like that I know that's like getting really old. It still sounds pretty badass, even though his solo records kind of lame is, or very lame is, um, Steven Tyler. Mm. He can, it's like 67 years old, wherever he is, he can still sing like Steven Tyler. Yeah. Somehow. But, um, but when you're in a metal band, I mean, I think yeah. about how that dude sang for like 10 years straight, like just, Pushing as hard as he could. I was watching, I got kind of in like a uh, Pantera YouTube loop. Just that Phil and Selmo shit yeah, too, man. Talking like, about a guy who can't sing anymore. Like, totally gone. I know. Uh, when it's, he, it in, sucks. In interviews, he's like, well, man, I'll just, uh, you know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I, saw, I saw one thing with him where he said, uh, uh, say you are what you eat. I don't remember reading a goddamn legend. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Phil and Selmo. He... He's so disappointing these days. He is. All right. Die, Die, My Darling says, what if Metallica sounded exactly as they do now, but James had a thick English accent? Like a moth into a flame. A moth into a flame. We're so fucked. Shit out of luck. Hot wide. Hot wide. Hot wide is self-destruct. You're doing a different kind of English accent than I do. I'm just... I I'm tour, doing a kind of a gentleman. I just tour with a couple English people, and so I'm just... It's a mesh of all them, I We're guess. We're so fucked. Hot wide is self-destruct. You almost sound like on your phone when you change the voice of British male or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm, maybe you'd sound more like, you know, punk rock sex pistols. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes, like, you can't tell when these people are British. Like, some Iron Maiden shit, you you know, like... Bruce, you can't really tell on a lot I mean? of stuff, I think. I mean, or even, like, you know, I don't know why this comes to mind, but the, uh, the band The Cardigans, you know, big favorite of mine... They're, they're Swedish. They're Swedish. Swedish yeah. And when their singer Nina That's sings, she, you can hear little accents here and there, but I mean, she sounds American to me when she, uh, in song. So. I think needless to say, if they still sounded kick-ass and they still had good songs, I don't give a shit what accent they have. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we have a little blast of questions from our friend that we mentioned before, Joshua Metallica fan, and we'll do these real quick. What if James Hetfield still had the 1995 mullet? Huh? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. It be reminded a, me a lot of the people I went to high school with. It was a little weird in Alabama. What if Metallica never did any music videos? This kept that mystique. Don't think they'd be as big as they are. I agree. That's one of the things with Enter Sandman. I mean, the one, one was the first video, yeah. of course, but Enter Sandman. I mean, everyone saw this like scary, like strobe light old guy, you know, scary and, band video. And that was such a time where songs were so closely identified with the imagery from the video yes. that. You know, it's kind of an indelible pairing. Okay, last one from Joshua Metallica fan. What if Metallica didn't have a set list and played the songs they liked? I think they like what they're what's on their set list. I do too, but they are bound by. I mean, they're bound to Inner Sandman. Nothing else matters. One Master of Puppets, maybe Puppets, Creeping Death, maybe. You know, I think that if they could play whatever they wanted, they'd be playing the new shit because they're most excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's staples you have to put in there. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. If I you, know Sabbath True is one of James's favorites, though. Yeah, that's, and awesome. that's kind of a staple. That's very much a staple. 
Okay, Mr. Bojangles again, 69, says, what if Metallica played a random set list aided by a computer program? Whoa. Like, put all, like, what do they have, like, 180-something songs? Like an algorithm that just, like, makes creates a set list for I you? I think they would have to be super fucking rehearsed to be able to play anything that yes. computer spit out. Absolutely. Especially if that's including, like, B-sides, covers, all that stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, That'd be a lot of tuning room time. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. All right, Sid5 says, someone, joking, suggested that Dave Mustaine was behind Cliff's death and James's stage accident. What if? I don't know why you would ever suggest that, because that's, whatever. Uh, what if that was actually true? What if Mustaine summoned black magic and cursed Metallica? What if Load, Reload, and St. Anger are part of that curse? And until Metallica made peace with Mustaine, then the curse was over and good music came back. <laughs> well, I would not This love... might be my favorite question of the night. <laughs> what if Dave Mustaine used black magic? To curse Cliff and James. I mean, on Rust in Peace, there was a song called Five Magics, but that would have been post Cliff's death when that record got released. Wow. Um, well, I mean, hypothetically I speaking, I, I mean, that's a that's a long curse. Well, the curse is to last until they made peace, which they made peace during the making of St. Anger, after they made St. Anger, right? Or maybe they're calling the big four shows when they made that's, peace. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Um, there might have been peace made behind closed doors, you know, after St. Anger post or, or pre well, here's shows, the, whatever. But if he did perform some black magic, he's a talented dude. Well, here's the deal. Okay. Load and reload were massive albums that I don't think suck by any means. St. Anger, I think sucks, but guess what? That motherfucker went to number one. So Dave's black magic. So, so Dave's black magic needs a little, little, a little tweaking, re, a little tweaking. Yeah, for sure. Very, very interesting question though. Um, uh, through this iron sky says what if Mustaine rejoined and Metallica became a five piece I th- well we got to see that a little bit the on the 30th anniversary yeah. show and you know what old Mustaine kicked ass uh, he totally did I, th- I mean I think he's still technically a better player than Kirk even at their age yeah, yeah. Um, when he got up there at the 30th anniversary shows and played those old would that songs. be cool though what if yeah what if they what if they did kind of split up duties evenly and you just kind of got this fucking tour de force of guitars? It would be really cool. It would be pretty cool. It would be pretty badass. I mean, It'd be strange, though. I think it would be most strange for Kirk. He'd be like, oh, cool, he's back. Great. Like, I thought I got away with it all these years. Awesome. It's been, you know, since 83, but, you know. <laughs> um, uh, Don Shetland asks, what if each member recorded a solo album like Kiss? What would each album sound like? Well, I, I've said it before. <clears throat> Hatfield Country Record. Yeah, like okay. an outlaw country record. Lars would okay, yeah. Lars would make a throwback to a new uh, new wave of British heavy metal record. I it think would so. sound like Diamond Head or something. Yeah, and he would have all those guys guest on it because he's just a drummer. Yeah, Kirk would make make an instrumental blues jazz record. Yeah. that no one would listen to. I would say Robert would do like a jazz a fusion funk. funk. Yeah, he's a big Jacob Astorius fan. Yep. produced that documentary, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. In order of which record was the best, we're gonna go with James because of the songs. Surprisingly. Robert at number two. See, I would put Lars at number two. Lars number three. Kirk Hammett number four. Hammett well, would be number four. Kirk Hammett would be the Peter Chris of that. Yeah, totally. Um, that's an interesting question, though, and I, I like any questions that sort of tie into Kiss. All right, la- our last what if. This uh, is it, the last one. Joe Cap, 1988, asks, what if Metallica did a USO tour? Um, for those of you who don't know what a USO tour, do you know what a USO tour is? Yes. So it's it's it's. I've never through, done one. But. It's through the. I did one um, with Laura Belbondi about four years ago. It's through the Navy, so it's through the military, and it's where a band goes and plays for the troops. Yeah. And um, the one I did was in Bahrain and Issa and Djibouti, Africa. But you can do them in Australia. You can really do them anywhere that there are Navy troops. So yeah. 
man, it was a fucking blast. It was scary, some of it. Sure, but yeah. It but just, those dudes are thankful. Like, you're going all this so way to play music and for so them. so grateful. And seeing how they live, you kind of live on their base with them. We did one show from an aircraft carrier. That's so bitchy. In a nondescript place in the Pacific. They couldn't even tell us where we were. Wow. And, like, we were being hazed by planes and shit. What? I've never heard this about you. Yeah. I want an episode about your USO tour. We crash landed on this aircraft carrier. They do what they call a controlled crash. You 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 fly a cod plane. God, I would be, I would I would have a heart attack. And they they catch you with these ropes, but you go from that. like sixty to zero in two seconds. Oh my gosh! It's no. called a controlled crash. No, I don't want that. The drummer. So I'll I'll end on this last anecdote. So our sweet drummer. So they when you're in that cod plane, there's no windows in it, and you're facing the back of it. And it was about a forty minute flight to the aircraft carrier. There's no windows. You can't see anything. You can't see anything. Oh my gosh. And they tell you when no, you're landing and you're no. wearing all, you're wearing all this gear and it's really hot, right? So, and they basically strap you into the dude who's whoever's next to you. So yeah. our whole band, dude, all these like artists are just freaked out up here. And our drummer's starting to get sick. Yeah. And he's yo, we have these like masks on and shit and he pukes like no. next to me like in his mask. Just coming out the side and stuff. Yeah. And so someone gives him so someone gives him like a bag and dude, I can't get away from him. I'm oh, like you're tethered to him. him on this fucking god plane. But I'm trying to be supportive because he's my dude. Oh my gosh, that sucks. About 20 minutes later, he fucking pukes again. I was so ready to get off that fucking oh, plane, dude. Like, he was so he was so humiliated. I felt bad, you know. But of course, yeah, that does suck. He, there's nothing he could do about he probably, it. But. Yeah, he couldn't control it. But if Metallica did a USO tour, I mean, they seem like the band that would do a kind of give back to the troops, especially James. I mean, they did a... They did a show, like I mentioned before, at San Quentin right. for the prisoners, and James got there and spoke to him and stuff. Yep. I mean, it's in that documentary, but um, oh, I'm sure they would they would do a great job, you know. And they, you know, I, I think they might be a little too big for that operation. It's it's it, they don't. Re- I, I don't know if they do a lot of massive ba- yeah bands like that. Yeah, I have I have zero experience in doing that, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, that concludes our what if episode. That was thanks to everyone who wrote in. That was yeah, a lot that was of fun. a lot. You're making my voice even more hoarse from uh, already being sick. So, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, seriously, thank you so much for writing in. That was that was really fun. We definitely have to do a, a part yeah, two we'll, of those. We'll do some, some more what ifs. Maybe we can get more specific. Like we're gonna do what ifs on just the black album or something mm. like that. I don't know. We'll we'll brainstorm and come up with a cool idea. Yeah. But uh, where can everyone find us if they want to find I'm us? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, as you can find us on Twitter, um, Torben, Torben wasn't here that much this episode. Nah. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Metal Up Your PC. On Instagram, it's Metal Up Your Podcast. MetalUpYourPodcast.com. Email us at MetalUpYourPodcastShow at gmail.com. And uh, the latest one of all these, uh, if you want to help us out, donate, pledge, uh, patreon.com slash MetalUpYourPodcast. And I will say, if you can take the time, go to iTunes, find us, leave a positive review. It helps. It's easy. It doesn't yeah. cost you nothing. It costs you zero dollars. Costs you zero dollars, which is super cheap. Yeah, I mean that's, God, that's the cheapest. It's almost as cheap as you can get. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time on episode fifteen, which is our breakdown of the No Left to Leather cassette. We'll see you then, folks. Adios. Peace. <laughs> Our advice or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>